Welcome to the Sowing Hope Podcast. This is a show all about implanting hope in our hearts. I'm Bill Snyder, joined by my friend Anne DeSantis. We're glad you're here for our uplifting conversation about faith and how it sustains our hearts through all the seasons of life. Thanks for walking with us. And good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Sewing Hope Podcast. I am Bill Snyder. It's great to be with you. Thank you so very much for joining us and being with us here on Patchwork Heart Radio, wherever uh, you are listening, YouTube, Podbean. Thank you so much for tuning in and being a part of our ministry here this evening. As always, I'm joined by my friend, Anne DeSantis. How are you this evening, Anne, and uh, how is life in Philadelphia? I know uh, it's certainly sunny in Wisconsin today. Is it uh, sunny in Philadelphia? Well, I wouldn't say it's sunny because right now it's, uh, it's nice. six, a <laughs> little bit after 6 p.m. at night. So it's, uh, it's starting to get a little dark. Yeah. But luckily, right, right now, uh, as we're getting into, we'll be getting more into, uh, March and April, then, you know, the, the daylight will still be around at this time. So I'm looking forward to that. Yes, absolutely. Me too. As the days get longer, mm-hmm. uh, it's going to be wonderful. So, uh, anyway, I know we have a wonderful guest with us this evening. Uh, why don't you just tell us a little bit about her? Uh, she's a good friend of both our ministries, so tell us uh, a little bit about her. Yeah, she's a good friend of both of our ministries, and we're so grateful to Terry Modica of the Good News Ministries. She's doing such amazing work, and her ministry really is uh, all over the world. So we would love to hear uh, a little bit about your faith journey, and also, of course, a lot about Good News Ministries. Terry, welcome. Do we have her? You're mute. Just unmute yourself. There you okay, go. Okay, there we go. Now I'm <laughs> unmuted. All right. Yes. Very good. Very good. I'm sure my my husband would love me to be muted a lot more. Than <laughs> <laughs> no, it's so wonderful to have you, and wonderful you've been in ministry for so many so many years. Uh, you know, just you you've been speaking uh, for so long, and 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 doing such great work. Uh, it's such a blessing to have you on the program tonight, and and share with you about uh, your amazing faith journey too. So. Welcome, Terry, and thank you so much for for being here tonight. I have, oh, thanks so much for inviting me. It's just a blast. Oh yeah, doing doing podcasts is you know I I know you're no stranger to that too. So um, hanging out with you two, I mean that's part of the <laughs> wonderfulness of thank it. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, like Bill said, we're we're friends. We're very grateful to you for your friendship with us with Patchwork Heart Ministry, yeah. and also with St. Raymond Onatus Foundation, where I'm the director too. Thank you. So tell us, Terry, just a little bit about your faith journey. I know, um, you know, you've been the executive director and co-founderess of, you know, Good News Ministries for, you know, many years, founded in 1995. But but tell us a little bit about your journey, because it's fascinating. I mean, I know it, but our listeners don't. So (laughs) share it with us. Well, I'd like to to start out by saying I was born in Bethlehem. (laughs) Pennsylvania. <laughs> Pregnant pause, laughter. Um, <laughs> Pennsylvania. <laughs> I filled the gap. It's not far from where I am, really. It's only less than an hour away. Cool. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And and my uh, parents were Protestant. My father was a Protestant minister. And 
I used to, you know, in my, I'd say in my early teen years and, and beyond, I used to, to kind of feel like maybe I had a calling to follow in my father's footsteps, but because, um, you know, in, in Protestant churches, a woman can be a minister, but it, it, it never, it never got that far. I never felt called to enter seminary or anything like that when I went off to college, but uh, it, it was after I got married to an inactive Catholic that the Lord called both of us to become active in the Catholic faith, Ralph to come home to the, the Catholic faith and myself to become Catholic uh, because the, the Holy Eucharist, I found out the miracle that happens there, you know, the, the bread and the wine is miraculously by Jesus through the priest made into the actual Jesus, which, you know, I'd grown up, had grown up with communion being um, a representation, a symbol, and, you know, it, we'd have a little cube of bread and a little cup of grape juice and, um, and I guess the, uh, the grape juice was for us kids and the, the, the adults had, had wine, but, uh, and, and I felt that Jesus was part of that. But when I found out that the Eucharist was totally transformed into Jesus himself, fully present, um, you know, that was a miracle that the Holy Spirit, when I first heard about that, it just infused in me the belief, the total belief in that this miracle really does happen. And I wanted it and you couldn't keep me away from it after I found that out. So uh, my dad thought it was just a phase I was going through, but <laughs> that was back in 1977. Wow. <laughs> Some phase. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Long time ago. So a lot happened since that time. So tell us what happened after that part in the journey. Well, um, that, that calling, that feeling that I had as a kid that maybe I should follow in my father's footsteps was really a, um, a, a little inkling of an indication of what the Lord did have in mind. And uh, so I'll, I'll fill in the, the gaps, but just I want to show the contrast between then and now. I mean, now I'm for 26 years have been uh, the... Um, and my husband co-founded Good News Ministries with me, and uh, and I've been the principal person providing content for it because the Lord gifted me with writing talent and with speaking talent and 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 the the you know, other things that that we've been using to get the the word across to get the faith across to people around the world my husband was working full-time and that job supported what i was doing in good news ministries i didn't have any income from good news ministries for many years and um and so in this ministry i find myself and i often chuckle in the back of my mind when i'm doing something like like this or when i'm at a speaking engagement or something i was like this is the fulfillment of what i was getting an inkling of when i was a kid but so different than i had expected it to be you know because i mean there are people who say well why do you want to be catholic because women you know are, are considered inferior you can't be a priest and that sort of thing and i'm like hey, I'm fully using my gifts and talents and I'm having a blast doing it. And so um, I don't need to be a priest to be somebody 
that's making a difference in the kingdom of God. I just need to say yes to the calling. That's all. That's right. That's right. It's a good way of looking at it because every person has a vocation. Every person has a talent and a gift and something yep. to give to others, whether it be your family, your direct family, or to your community or to the whole wide world. So um, it's a great way to, to, in looking at it. So, um, so now tell us if you could about Good News Ministries. We'd love to hear more and where people can connect also on social media. Okay, well, we were one of the very first organizations to have a website back in 1996, and parishes didn't have websites back then, and and uh, just a couple of other Catholic organizations. And because my husband and I saw that technology was something that should be used for the kingdom of God. If Satan uses the technology, well, let's use it even more. You know, let's use it for greater and, and having an eternal impact with what we do. And so uh, so we founded um, our website, GNM, which stands for Good News Ministries, .org, you know, back in 96. And it just grew from there. Uh, I, at first, I thought it was just going to be like a like a digital brochure, letting people know what kind of speaking engagements we did. And I real quickly learned that it's a good place to put um, to articles that I had written previously, some of them that had been published that I still own the copyrights to and uh, pamphlets that my pastor had asked me to make for the parish. I converted that into web pages and it just grew from there. And now we have websites. Um, we have um, one called Word Bites, which is W-O-R-D, the word word, but bites spelled B-Y-T-E-S. And, and that's where, wordbites.org, that's where all those articles went to and have been multiplying, you know, down through the years. And, and there's the, uh, a website, gogoodnews.net, which is where we, from which we send a lot of, of emails. We have a lot of e-lists that people can join. We have, I've been writing since 1999, reflections on the daily mass and Sunday mass um, that, that apply the scriptures to our everyday life, family life, married life, work life, you know, uh, the single life, our everyday down in the road of life uh, that, that, you know, how, how can these scriptures help me get through life? And I poured a lot own questions and my own struggles and trials in into the reflections and um, and sometimes um, we had a we had a friend for a while who was um, causing a lot of problems and so I couldn't get the message to through to him so I wrote it down for everybody else and you know I it it, it turns out that you know, if you're trying to minister to somebody in their hardships, you're ministering to a lot of other people in some kind of sort of similar hardships. And, mm -hmm. and so, uh, so we have a mailing list uh, on those reflections, good news reflections. We have what we call daily blessings, which is a, uh, a different quote by a saint emailed out every day. We, um, and all these things are also available on our website if people don't want to sign up. And then we also now have gotten into texting them. We use the Telegram app to text these things to people. And 
Um, and we have, uh, right now we're running a couple of different ones for Lent. One is called the Trail of Roses Lenten Journey, which is a very short little, um, you know, Jesus, you know, give Jesus a gift, a rose that you want to give to Jesus from your life today. It's a little suggestion about what to give to him with a reply, you know, written there is a little reply from Jesus. Thank you for giving me whatever. And then a little prayer and uh, just short and sweet. And people are really, this is the second year we're running that series. And, and there's, uh, it's our most popular list right now. Yeah, and so, I know. And then we have a bunch of other things too. We, you know, so we have podcasts. So we, there's a podcast website called Footsteps to Heaven. dot com. Footsteps to Heaven is the name of the podcast show, and yeah, and oh yeah, more stuff too. Oh yeah, you know, Terry, your website uh, is probably the most in-depth Catholic website that you know I've ever seen, and uh, it, it, you really have so many different arms of your ministry, you know, and that's really what they are. They're branches of this uh, that the Lord has led you to, you know, and one thing I know about you and working with you, and, you know, we've worked quite a bit together. I, one thing I know about you is you're always on the cutting edge of whatever is going on uh, in, in the church, but also in the world. You know, you want to know how to use uh, you know, you know, VR, you want to know how to use, uh, you know, make, make, make retreats accessible for people, online retreats. I mean, there's just so many different uh, aspects of Good News Ministries and, and, and to keep it relevant, you know, that's, that's the challenge of Catholicism and of the Good News, right? It's relevant for every age. And we happen to be living in this age, this digital age of computers and, and, you know, uh, TVs and, and, and all of this stuff that is thrown our way, and if we don't use it, as you said earlier, if we don't use it, you know, for the kingdom of God, then the enemy is going to use it, right? And he's just going to—he already is using it, so we, we ought to yeah. use it as well. Um, and that is such a beautiful thing. That's one of the reasons why I absolutely love your ministry and, um, you know, and the, and the many different facets of it. And it's incredible that you reach so many people around the world. You know, you reach uh, yes. so many people around the world through, you know, all the different, I, I, I know you use Telegram. Are, are you still using WhatsApp too, or is that? Uh, yes, we, yeah. we're using WhatsApp, but it's not as useful as Telegram. Uh, so we only, we only have a couple of things available on WhatsApp for those who just can't or won't switch to Telegram. We have, there's a lot of people in third world countries who, have very limited, you know, amount of space on their phones to to download stuff to, and so they, they they're on WhatsApp. They're not all on or able to get on to Telegram. So, so if people say this is how I want to I want to access your your stuff, you know, then we don't say no. You know, we don't say well, there's only a couple hundred people on WhatsApp, so let's. But there's a lot more over on Telegram, so let's just stick with Telegram. It's no. Uh, although I must say that Facebook, we've been using that a lot for years, and we're now in the process of disconnecting from Facebook, and that's not going to be easy. But it's a matter of conscience. That they've just gotten way too controlling and trying to control how we think and what we think and and i'm in facebook jail right now you know i can't even <laughs> post to my to groups that i created myself i can't even post to them i try we have a group um a facebook group for 
uh, prayers, just for prayer requests. And somebody who used to work for Goodness Ministries many years ago um, died today. And so I wanted to post, you know, pray for his soul and his family they left behind. And I couldn't even do that because yeah. I was in Facebook jail. It's like, this is ridiculous. So yeah, are, it is ridiculous. It yeah. is. I'm sorry that happened. And I will say that I understand, um, uh, you know, that I've seen it happen before and experienced that. And it's a shame. It really is. Um, but it's good that you're trying other things. I know you were trying like MeWe and the different yes. other ones. And we're building on MeWe. We're trying to get people from Facebook to join us on MeWe. Yeah. 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 And, and, you know, that's a great platform. And, you know, for people who don't know about it, uh, join MeWe. I mean, Patrick Hart Ministry is on MeWe. Uh, good News Ministries is on MeWe. I know um, it, they have made a commitment to to and and this is just from a journalistic perspective too right like this is just from a journalistic perspective and from a media ethics standpoint that you know medium should not be uh deciding what viewpoints are are made public or accessible that's not that's not who media is media is the way to get the message out it's not <laughs> so so um folks me, we has made a commitment, and it's on the front of their, you know, web page. It's on the front of their mobile app uh, that they have committed to being just that, a media outlet, you know, a social media outlet for for the news, for the opinion, for the stuff to reach the people. And so, uh, you know, they promise that there are no filters, there are no algorithms, there are, <laughs> there's nothing that is going to keep you from seeing the posts that we post there and that Terry posts there and that, you know, Patrick Hart Ministry puts up because, you know, that's the way it should be. If you follow our ministry, if you like our ministry, you're going to see everything our ministry has to offer, you know, and you're going to see all of our posts and you're going to see the things that, you know, you know, that, that other people are trying to hide from you. So, uh, just, just consider that, um, uh, as an outlet for, for you to join as, a, as an alternative. I know many people are switching over, uh, and, and it doesn't mean you cannot have a Facebook account and a Facebook presence. You know, should we, you know, try and move ourselves from, a, from a moral standpoint to other, other platforms? Yes. But the reality is, um, me, me, um, is, is, uh, a great platform to, Get exact, you know, you, you know, you want to hear it right from the horse's mouth, kind of, you know, to, to use that, so to speak. So, I, I'm so glad, Terry. And as I said earlier, you're always on the cutting edge, Terry. So, so I know that. Yeah, absolutely, you are. Yeah, we're also on smartcatholics.com. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, oh my gosh, when I discovered that, because well, thanks to you, Anne, it was that you know you invited me to a smart Catholic um, conference that you were holding um, and to be, you know, to be one of the speakers. And when I looked into it, I was like, Ooh, interesting. So now, you know, I've had a I, Dominic um, D'Souza is the, the founder of this. And he, I think he started it when the pandemic locked everybody down. And, and, um, and so I started talking to him about some ideas and whatnot and, and, he has such a collaborative spirit. I love collaborative people, which is why I love you too. You know, you know, you Bill, Thank you, you. like I've, I've encountered so many in the church who are not collaborative with their ministries. And it's like, what? 
what? Yeah. No, we, we, we need to work together. We we're not usurping each other. We're just getting together and using our gifts, our different gifts and talents and, and platforms and whatever to help each other out. And, and so uh, Dominic is like that. And so Goodness Ministries now has our own group, our own space there on Smart Catholics. And I'm, you know, giving, uh, right now I'm running a, a, a work, a four week workshop, a Lenten workshop called Turn Your Crosses into Resurrection. And it uses videos that I made, you know, a few years ago, that was a course I did on the, through the website where I used email to talk to people. And, um, and they, the, the video stayed there as an archived course that people could just do at their own pace after that. And I said, let's resurrect it. Let's repurpose this and, and, uh, and run it through, uh, through smart Catholics. But this time it will include a zoom meeting every week to discuss the content that they just watched in the videos. And so, I mean, that's great fun. And, um, and who doesn't have crosses in their lives that need to be turned into resurrections. Yeah, exactly. Perfectly stated. And I agree and echo everything that you said about smart Catholics and about Dominic D'Souza and working with you and Bill and all the great things, because you know, it's not like we're working in the retail world or something where we're competing with one another. I mean, a lot of people like all different ministries, right? I mean, they, they're following all these different Catholic ministries, and that's the way it should be because we're helping one another and we're building up the kingdom. So I think it's, it's wonderful. wonderful. That's right. Now, you and I were talking about that the idea that in February, this is the month of the Holy Family. And I wondered if you had anything to say about that, the month of the Holy Family. Oh, gosh, we need to spend a lot of time, the church, we, the church, really need to be spending a lot of time on on uh, really understanding, reflecting, educating, uh, digging into what does the Holy Family have to say to us today? You know, our families have fallen apart. Um, one of the things in my ministry that I hear so much from people, especially uh, not so much from the third world countries, but I mean, they have, they have their own, a different kind of family issue, but where they have a lot of uh, husbands and fathers abandoning the family. But, um, but here and other Western cultures, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of divorce, a lot of absent fathers, there's a lot of abortions, there's a lot of um, young people who don't want to have families. And, and I hear from a lot of people in my own generation, a little bit younger, a little bit older, who, um, who are, are just crying and, and, you know, asking for prayer support because their adult kids have left the faith, have gotten very worldly, have gotten, you know, are believing the lies of Satan. You know, they've gotten the spirit of the age infiltrating their thoughts and minds and including people who used to be very active in the faith. And so, you know, family life, Satan has been making a concerted attack against family life for decades and well well let, let me share with you a little um inside inside uh insider's view on it um uh, about 20 let's see 26 years ago we came down to florida so about 
uh, 28 years ago, I met a young man who was an ex-Satanist high priest, and he had converted to uh, Christianity. Um, he had, he was, he was going to Princeton University to become a Presbyterian minister as a Satan worshiper. And not only Satan worshiper, but as a Satanic high priest. And he told me that this was, this was, this was the agenda of what's called generational Satanists. And it's not these kids who dabble with it and get sucked into it. It's like they, these people grow up with it and they groom their children to be Satan worshipers and, and, uh, and do all kinds of very sick, sick things and are succumbed to very sick, sick abuses. And um, he said that, that this major agenda of these Satanists is to groom the the kids to go grow up and get involved in places of influence in society which is the church in you know of, of all you know a lot of different denominations the ones they can't get into are the ones that are very spirit filled for some reason but the um and and when I, I say for some reason you know tongue-in-cheek because we know the reason when you're alive in the holy spirit you have the gift of discernment and you can tell when evil spirits are around and there's a lot of mainstream churches that just don't don't know about this gift of discernment. Can't tell when somebody right next to them is worshiping, quote unquote, worshiping, um, you know, in in the in the Christian service, but they're really worshiping Satan, and they're there to influence and to gradually, subtly influence society you know they're they've been of course in politics in in entertainment industry and in in big corporations big tech we're seeing it now uh anything that where they can have an influence and so he had gone to princeton university to become a presbyterian minister as a satanist while he was there because of the abuse he'd had as a kid he decided to go to a counselor and it quote unquote, just so happened that the counselor was a Christian and knew how to evangelize. And so she, uh, she brought him to Christ and uh, it totally transformed his life. And uh, so he, in the end, he became a, a Christian counselor, helping people who had been abused and people who um, need to escape from the occult. Um, and I met him when, he, when I was doing a speaking engagement on, on uh, you know, don't play with Ouija boards and, and astrology and other things like that. And the occult that was fairly common, it's like, oh, this is harmless. And, um, and he was at the same speaking engagement. And so we became friends and, uh, and, and I got to know him very well. I actually interviewed him because we were writing his story together. It never got published because um, at one point he just couldn't handle it emotionally anymore. So I said, oh Lord, I've got all this data, all this information. And what do I do with this? I don't like to waste anything. And so I made a novel out of it. I changed the, you know, from, from a male character to a female character. And I, you know, totally changed the circumstances and the people and names and everything but use the same principles of what I learned from him. And so that book is available as an ebook on Amazon. It's called Victor. And, um, and so, you know, if you could just look up, 
uh, under my name, Victor, Terry, Modica, and, and you'll get to it. It's a supernatural thriller. Mm. Um, so anyways, um, part of you know what I learned, their strategy is not only to infiltrate places of influence, but to infiltrate family and and to to help break down families because Satan hates the unity that's in a family. Satan hates the, the, the fact that, well, you know, if a family is Christian and we pray together, that's a powerful prayer. When my husband Ralph and I pray together, that's this, because of the sacrament of our marriage, there's more prayer power there than me praying by myself. And, um, and so there's, there's, there's a real attack, a real satanic attack going on against families. And it's just gotten, you know, they've been pushing the, uh, the demons and the people who cooperate with them have just been pushing the envelope down through the decades until we're here where we are today, where you, you know, I, I saw one place where some kind of an application, I, f- I forget what it was for, but you could choose between 30 different genders mm. in filling out the information about yourself. I'm like, huh, what, 30? I can't even imagine how they come up with 30. Um, so, you know, two, science shows us there's only two. Yeah, thank you. Gosh, wow, you are a wealth of information for our spirituality. And I think you're absolutely right about what you said about family and how it's under attack because the work that I do also with the St. Raymond Anatis Foundation, we say, our tagline, freedom, family, and faith. So it's the St. Raymond Anatis Foundation for freedom, family, and faith. And, and if you think about it, all three of those aspects are really affecting uh, families, right? The freedom, the unit, the family unit, and then also practicing their faith. So it's exactly what you just said, all the things that you were reflecting on. Um, now, if anybody's listening and thinking they know somebody, maybe it's a teenager, maybe it's somebody they know, a neighbor who's involved with some kind of a cult. And um, would you have any words of advice or anything kind of special prayers or anything that they could pray for that person who is uh, has been drawn away through uh, Satanism? Well, and there's all kinds of occult, uh, you know, activities, occult uh roads you know branches whatever that besides satanism and all of it's just demonic and um and i i wrote a book years ago this is when i met this young man this ex-satanist um i just published this book and that was why i was doing speaking engagements on the occult it's called overcoming the power of the occult and it's still available you can get it off of amazon or queenship.org it's published by Queenship Publishers, and it's still available. Um, I recommend the first thing to do is to, if you're, if, if, if the listener is not themselves involved in the occult, the first thing you need to do is to become more informed. You don't need to know everything that that person believes, although my book does go through that, uh, because, but you, you have to be careful because you need to learn about it in the context of how Jesus is there to rescue us from this and why everything in the occult is a counterfeit of what God offers 
And that's what my book is all about. And the book also includes prayers, scriptures um, that can be used as prayers and, 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 and other, other prayers. Uh, but um, I stopped short of teaching, um, you know, how to do a deliverance or an exorcism because that really belongs to an expert. Uh, there's, you know, demons. We have the authority because we have Christ in us and it's Christ who has the authority, actually not us, to bind demons, get rid of demons, silence demons. But there's so many ramifications, so many nuances to that, that um, we need to be part of a team of people who help the person you know who's involved in the occult. And uh, starting by understanding what to pray for how to pray is the beginning of it. Um, but I tell you, I've been praying for some people for 20 years now. And the world that we're living in is a lot harder for people to escape from the occult. It's a lot harder, let me put it this way, for them to realize that there's a reason to escape. Um, you know, that, that Jesus offers something better because, because we've been, you know, the envelope of what is considered good has been um and what's considered evil has just been pushed and pushed this this young man i, I mentioned um also told me that, you know that the main um philosophy of satanism is that evil is good and good is evil and we have reached the point in society now where mm -hmm. good people you know and many of them who are even going to church you know good people believe that sin is not sin and evil really is a good and good can be evil you know and uh, you know moral relativism has just gone as far as it can go you know it, well i'm sure it can go even further but i think we're now living in a time where everybody's paying the price of of letting demonic influences change our world so much that we think that that many people think that good is evil and evil is good and you know there's ramifications that come from that and it's not pretty and i think we're suffering through that and it will probably get worse until people wake up and say wait a minute i need to turn back to god i'm waiting for a 9 11 moment remember what mm -hmm. happened at 9 11 for those for the listeners who maybe were too young or maybe not even born yet back then um but in 2001 when the world trade towers were hit shortly after that people who had not been to church in a long time were going to church and everywhere the the, the at the malls you know and, and everywhere were signs god bless america and uh my husband was at a a, a conference for his his company in california and had to come all the way back to to Florida. The flights were all canceled, so he and his buddies rented trucks and I mean, um, you know, vehicles. And they um, they got redundancy built in. They got two of them, and they they just kept driving. They kept taking turns and 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 drove until they got home. And all the way along there, every time they went under an overpass, there were banners and people. Uh, holding the banners that said, God bless America, you know, and, you know, would we see that today? 
You know, would we see if, you know, I'm waiting to see if China drops a bomb on us or something. And I'm wondering what, what is it going to take before people say, oh God, we need your help. I repent. I, you know, you know, help. Yeah. It's, it's, like a great, it's a great memory. I mean, for me, of course I do remember. And, um, and I think you're absolutely right. I remember that the churches were much more filled right after that. And it gave people a reason to pray is what it did. Uh, because when you see such evil happening before your eyes, you know, nobody, most people, I think most people don't want to see that. I mean, they're, they're afraid of it and they don't want it to affect them personally either. So, um, yeah. And, and, uh, you know, your show is all about finding hope. Mm -hmm. You know, we need, it's, it's, it's like, I know people who are very afraid to open their eyes and see what's going on around us. When I start to talk about it, you know, they like, oh, no, 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 it's not like that at all. You know, you're just exaggerating or I, let's not even talk about it. Let's not go there. And, and I'm like, you know, come on. There's a lot of stuff going on that we need everybody, you know, on the, on the front lines of the battlefield pushing back. And there's a lot of people who don't want to see, you know, cause it's so uncomfortable, you know, and, and people, Hey, we have, have not grown up being taught from our churches how to fight demons. I mean, when have you heard a homily until lately, you know, about fighting demons and, and you don't need to be afraid because Jesus in you, I mean, there's been Protestant churches who've been good at that, and but not the mainstream Protestant churches. And uh, I'm sure there's a few Catholic churches here and there, but uh, but we we need to do some catch up work and realize that there's nothing to be afraid of because we have Jesus in us. We what there's one thing we should be afraid of, and that's going to hell. You know, if we don't change our ways, if we don't turn to Christ, if we don't make him the most important uh, priority in our life. And, you know, if, you know, it's sorting out the moral relativism from the truth, you know, and, and moral relativism makes an idol of self, you know, it's like, I choose, I decide what's right and wrong. And uh, you can't get to heaven by yourself, you know, you need God. And mm -hmm. so, there's a lot of people who, you know, are, there's more people today heading to hell and danger of hell or actually landing up in hell than there was when I was younger, when I started this ministry even, and certainly when I was a kid. And, and we, we need to realize that all we need to do, all God's asking for us is to turn to him and say, you know what, I have sinned. But I don't need to feel bad about that because God's forgiving me as long as I desire to change. And there's where everything changes and there's where fear turns into hope and, and uh, failure turns into victory and that sort of thing. And, and we just need to get the word out more. And, and, and I just want to encourage the listeners that you know, God is calling each of you Every person listening right now, it's not an accident that you're listening right now. God, the Holy Spirit wanted you to be listening right now yeah. because he wants you to realize how important you are 
to winning the battles against evil by making him first in all things and striving to become the saint that he created you to be when he baptized, when you were baptized. And, and if you haven't been baptized, get baptized because greater is he who is in us than he is in the world. And you know Jesus can do a lot, for, but he needs to do it through what he chooses to do it through us. And he, we are the body of Christ on earth. And I really believe what we're going through right now in our society and in our world is, is the pulling together of, of, of the believers where we pray together. You know, it's like, there's so many people praying novenas at the same time now, you know, there's, there's so much going on that we're, we're, you know, that the Lord is pulling us together and more and more people are realizing that they need to band together we, and we need to be that body of Christ. And so the body of Christ is growing stronger and everybody listening, you're part of that body and, and you're important and you're needed. Yeah, you said it so well. And thank you for speaking directly to our audience because that is how God works, right? I mean, he does speak directly to people and there's usually no coincidences. And I think what I'm hearing is, from you, if I'm getting this correctly, is that maybe first we need to be reactive before we become proactive. By that, I mean, first we root out the sin and, and, and we come closer to God. And by the sin, I mean the vices of our lives, right? Now then to be a saint, you be proactive. You look at the corporal and spiritual works of mercy and not only are you, quote, avoiding sin, right? But now you're actually doing good in, in its place. And so that's what I'm hearing. Um, I'm hearing that first you got to be a little reactive before you become proactive. And then you really are headed toward the right direction, if I'm that's correct. I never thought of it that way before. Yeah. Yeah. Because sin is we need to become humble. Right and repentant mm -hmm. in order to become who we really were created to be, you know, with awesome potential, you know, right. the, where dreams come true, the dreams that God planted in us. Like I talked about at the beginning where, you know, I was, I was a kid and I had this, you know, desire to follow in my dad's footsteps to become a minister, you know, and, and we think of our, you know, whatever you might see your dream as right now, it, what God has in mind for it, if it's God's dream too, it's much more awesome, much more important, much, much, you know, more, you know, more fun. It's an adventure too. Yes. Yeah, said it so well, because, you know, life is supposed to be good. And by that, I don't mean getting rich and getting everything that you want and never having any pain. Right. But we are supposed to be, when we look at somebody like say, uh, St. Teresa of Calcutta, who gave herself for the poor and did such good things for others. And it wasn't easy. And when we exercise our virtue, yeah, you're going to become a little more of a quieter person and more of a listener than a talker. I think you're going to become more open to the needs of other people. That's the proactive part of it. But first you need to take care of what Terry just said. You need to take care of getting yourself catechized, realizing what is sin in my life, you know, and for some people, the sin could be that they're not, um, they aren't being proactive. Maybe they're not exercising those virtues, right? 
They're not uh, feeding the poor, uh, uh, praying for the dead, doing all those spiritual and corporal works of mercy, because that can be also an omission, right? Yeah, I think in my observations anyways, I think the, the biggest sin of among the common folk, the, the, the ordinary people who really want to be good people is the, the, the sin of, of I can figure it out myself, idolatry. You know, and it's a, and it's also hand in hand with that comes the, you know, it's me, me, me. What do I want? And right. yeah, there are a lot of good people who they do they do help the poor. You know, like maybe they'll contribute to a food pantry or something. Um, they're concerned about, you know, they're, they're concerned about others, but when it comes to making difficult decisions. It's about me and what's going to make me comfortable, and what's going to what what's going to be most convenient, you know. And the world has been telling us what constitutes comfort and convenience, you know. And you know, like like for example, the um, the idea that some people get of of that you know, they were born the wrong gender, and so they need to change their gender. And they think that's going to solve their problems. And now psychologists and therapists are not even allowed to suggest to them that maybe they need therapy from abuse or something else, you know, the absence of the, of a parent uh, in their lives or something, you know, that, that that's hurting inside the womb. Not being addressed. So they're not getting healed. So they, they go through these, these um, changes to their bodies. I listened to an interview one time uh, by a man who had um, had be, uh, was a man who had become a woman and realized that uh, this did not solve his problems at all. It only made matters worse. And so he became back to a man and then and since uh, since then formed an organization to help other people get back to I mean, they're still scarred. They're still, you know, you can't, some surgeries you can't reverse, but nonetheless, um, you know, to get back to who God really created them to be. Um, and he said that the suicide rate of those who have sex change operations was 60%. You know, 60% of those who have sex change operations end up killing themselves. So obviously, the world, the world is saying this will solve your problems and it only makes matters worse. And guess what? Satan loves it when people commit suicide, especially if they have no faith whatsoever in Christ. Um, it, because that's another way that Satan grabs a hold of people and takes them to hell. So There's a lot of confusion. People. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of confusion. I think we need to really pray and, um, and be led by Christ. You know, I think you're doing wonderful work. Um, now, I know we're headed a little bit toward the end of the podcast. We wanted to touch on St. Joseph and get your opinion about this consecration that a lot of people are doing right now because this feast day is coming up in March 19th. That's one of the most important things. I think we, as followers of Christ, we in the church, we who are the church, uh, should be doing at this time because of all the undermining. I mean, think about this. Satan... What is what has Satan's goal been from the very, very beginning to usurp God, to take God's place, to be the God of the earth. And and so 
with that comes he wants to be the father of humans and, and, and take away God's fatherhood from us. And so, um, so we, we've been going through a few decades of an attack on, on fatherhood as part of this satanic plan to undermine the family, but also undermine our relationships with God. And, and St. Joseph is the remedy for that. Because St. Joseph, first of all, I love one of his names that he's called by is Terror of Demons. <laughs> and, um, and, you know, he was, he was so, he was, as he was so holy, that the only person in the world who was holier than him was the Blessed Mother Mary. And, and so they were right for each other. They were a match made in heaven because of, of their holiness and, and their love of God and their love of wanting to serve the Lord and, and their love of uh, their desire, their prayers to bring the Messiah into the world. And, and so, so Joseph, he's kind of been on the, on the back burner or, you know, in Mary's shadow down through the centuries, but he's poked his head out now and then. And I, and I really see what it's exciting. What's happening now is St. Joseph is coming to the fore. You know, St. Joseph, there's consecrations going on. My husband and I went through the consecration uh, that Father Don Calloway has. That's a very excellent one, very popular one. At Good News Ministries, we have a short version of our own. I mean, that his was a, what, a 30-day one? And ours is a, um, a nine-day one. It's a novena uh, to consecrate ourselves to St. Joseph. And we run that over and over again periodically. We'll, you know, probably... Um, probably run it again after Easter, but we need St. Joseph to teach us how to be fathers, to teach us how to be husbands, to teach us how to have families and, and to be a role model. So, so we need people to, to go through the consecration in order, because the consecration teaches you about St. Joseph and how he's, um, yeah, you know, why we need him and what he was like to Mary and what he was like to Jesus and what he is to the church now. What have the saints and mystics said about him down through the centuries and um, when they've had visions of him and that sort of thing. And, and so it's very educational to go through a consecration. At the same time, it's very spiritual and it makes St. Joseph be one of your patron saints. And, and uh, it's, this is what every family needs. Yeah, it really is. I'm blessed right now because we're doing it together as a family in my house and um, doing those night prayers too. So thank you so much, Terry. Is there anything else, uh, any kind of um, call to action or something that you would love for the audience to know about right now? Uh, well, let me just mention, you know, that, 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 fatherhood thing that I just touched on and Satan trying to usurp people away from God's fatherhood. Um, I, I am working on a book. I just sent the manuscript off to, uh, to a publisher. Um, so pray that, that the publisher says yes, but um, it's, we have a website. One of the good news ministries websites is called 30 days to the father's heart.com. And that's the name of the book. 30 days to the father's heart because um, all the chapters are right there where you can read them 
and I also have some videos there, and I'll be adding more things over time. Uh, but you know, it it really gets into there's a whole chapter on Saint Joseph, but it really gets into how we can get to know God the Father so intimately that we can sit on His lap. And I mean, yesterday, you know, I was I was feeling very down about something, and I just felt like I was sitting in Daddy's lap, and it was so good. And I didn't, you know, I didn't need to say anything. He knew what my problems were and he just comforted me. To know God the Father that closely is just so wonderful. And it's protective and it's holy and it helps us to be the saints that he created us to be. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Awesome. <laughs> just Terry. It's all about God's love. It really is. Thank you. I, I love listening to you speak, Terry. I just <laughs> love listening to you speak. Um, uh, and, and I love listening to, you know, your clarity. Um, and so, and, and just when you, especially when you talk about, you know, this world of darkness and light and, the, and, and, and evil and good and, and how in society it's all become just jumbled up and, and, and you provide such beauty and clarity of what God's plan is. And so I just I I just love listening to you talk. And so thank you so much for sharing with our listeners tonight. It, it's been uh, a, a pleasure having you on and and know you're always got an open invitation to come so hope on our program anytime. Yes, I agree. Thank you so much. Okay, it's put me on your calendar whenever you got an opening. I'd love to be here with you guys again. <laughs> Absolutely. Sounds great. Absolutely. Well, folks, um, I want to thank you for tuning in as always. Uh, and visit our websites, patchworkheart.org and desantis.com. And of course, visit Terry's website, gmn.org. No, 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 backwards, gnm. Gnm, gnm.org. Uh, folks, check it out. And uh, until next time, keep beating to your Catholic heart and sowing hope into broken hearts. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sowing Hope on Patchwork Heart Radio. For more information about this podcast, and our ministries, visit our websites, patchworkheart.org and andesantis.com. You can also follow and interact with us on Twitter at PWH Ministry or andesantis2.